It is always an extra special treat for us when Rabbi Yudin speaks to us about the Torah portion of the week from Israel. And we're going to get to Rabbi Yudin in a a moment. And again, a certain level of excitement whenever he addresses our audience and us from Israel. I want to remind everybody that Matis has JM Sunday this coming Sunday this week. His guest is Sarah Schwartz, Director of Marketing for the Lakewood Courtyard Assisted Living Facility in Lakewood, New Jersey. They'll discuss assisted living in general, what to look for in a facility, insurance needs. They'll talk about the facility uh, that they have down there. And uh, that's happening with Sarah Schwartz, who is from the Lakewood Courtyard down in Lakewood, New Jersey. Matis speaks with her. Matis and JM Sunday starts at 7 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday and every Sunday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. As we get set to um, welcome Rabbi Yudin from Israel, I want to remind this audience that there is going to be a very, very special tribute dinner on the 7th of April. Please circle your calendar because on Sunday, April the 7th, we will celebrate Rabbi Benjamin and Chevy Yudin's 50 years of dy- dynamic leadership at Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and of course beyond as well in so many different capacities in the Jewish world. It's happening at the Atrium Ballroom in Muncie. Again, it's Sunday, April the 7th. There is a website, yudintribute.org, yudintribute.org. You want to make sure that this audience is well represented at that amazing event coming up less than three months from now. This time each and every Friday morning, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. And as I said, today Rabbi Yudin speaks to us from the Holy Land of Israel. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos. Shabbos, everybody. For me, it's a little bit after three in the afternoon. And uh, all I can say is wish you were here. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record because before I give you a Dvar Torah, I'm going to tell you what we are missing back in the States. We have Shabbos, but we don't have Erev Shabbos. What do I mean? I wanted to take my grandchildren out, forgive me, for a little bit of lunch at 1 o'clock. And guess what? It was closed. Everything closes early. You can feel it in the air that Shabbos is coming. Not just the people are running with Baruch Hashem flowers, you know, to bring one to another. It's really Erev Shabbos, something very special and something that we can be jealous of because it's great to be home. Secondly, just a little bit of warm-up in terms of what's happening in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not big on the performers, but the name Omer Adam is big. He's a Sephardi. Now, the only reason why I'm saying this, that he's not yet observant, is because he is a Shomer Shabbat. Now, don't ask how I can put the two together, but listen carefully. There is a big entertainment um, concert and basically weeks or a week of uh, action in called Eurovision. And this Omer, Adam, was given the opportunity to be in this program. And he said, thanks, but no thanks. I can't do it because there's going to be rehearsals or other activities on Shabbos, and I cannot do it. And this made such a Roshem on the entire nation, and especially the younger people. And um, that one 
line of his, I keep Shabbos, is so exciting. What do you have in the parsha? We'll get to it, but at the end of the parsha with the man, you have the significance of Shabbos, and that is lived beautifully in Eretz Yisrael, as I mentioned earlier. And secondly, the first time in five years, there was some snow in Eretz Yisrael, several inches coming with Parshas B'Shalach. At the end, once again, when the mud comes down, the Torah tells us in Parshas Baha'aloscha, in terms of the white covering that it looked like, and this is what we had. And just be happy that I want you to know the Kineret rose this past week, 15 centimeters in 48 hours. And there was snow in Yerushalayim and Shomron, in Gush Etzion and Hare Hebron. Exciting things are going on here. Now let's get to the Parsha. What a Parsha. Parsha's B'Shalach. So you have clearly the build-up to Kriyas Yamsuf, Kriyas Yamsuf, and then Shiras Hayam, which we have, and finally the Mun at the end of the Parsha, and after that comes Muhammad Samolek. I'd like to share with you a very interesting Maharal coming from his Gvuros Hashem in Perik Mem, chapter 40. And if you can see it inside over Shabbos, in the old editions, it's on page Kuf Nun. I found this something exciting, worthy of dancing for. And we'll see if we have the same steps in dancing. Comes the morale, and basically, I'll start with the following question. At the end of Parshas Shmos, it happens to be in chapter 5, Pasuk 3. Vayomru, and this is what Hashem told Moshe and Aaron to say to Paro. Elokei ho'ivrim nikro olenu. Literally, the God of the Hebrews has called to us and directed us, whatever the Pesach says afterwards, three days to go, etc. But Hashem is referred to as Elokei ho'ivrim. Now, if I were to ask anybody, why? I believe that you would say to me, watch, Avram Avinu was called Avram Ivri, meaning the entire world was on one side, all worshipping idols. Avram Avinu was the monotheist, bringing monotheism into the world, and he is on the other side, going against the grain. And he's called the Ivri, and we are called Elokei or Ivrim, because after all, we are his descendants. If that's your answer, I'm going to mark you right. Comes along the Maharal and gives another answer. Why are we called Elokei or Ivrim? We call that because, listen carefully, Hashem passed us through the Yamsuf. I'll read his golden Lashon. Al Yedei Ha'avoras Yamsuf, through our passing through the Yam, Na'asu, we became La'am Lashem, we became a nation unto. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and 
Kach Nikru. Why are we called Ivrim? We are called Ivrim because of Ha'avoras Hayam. He passed us through the Yam. Now his beautiful explanation for this is as follows. He says, and this is my introduction to his main idea. You should know, my friends, the first book of the Torah, the book of Bereshis, is called Sefer Hayetzirah, the book of formation. God created the world, and there's the formation of the Jewish family. In Bereshis, we don't yet have a Jewish nation. We have a Jewish family. Comes along the second book of the Torah, and the Bahag, the Baal Alochos Gedolos, calls the second book of the Torah Sefer Hasheni, the second book. Why? Because here we have a new Yitzira, another Yitzira, another formation. Here we have the formation of Klal Yisrael. Says the Maral, what happened at the very beginning of creation? On the second and third day, we have what you would call the waterworks, meaning initially water was all over the world. What did Hashem do? Yikovu amayim, let the waters gather into one location, that there should be a yabasha, that there should be dry land. So Adam Arishon, so man and all of mankind after him, that civilization should have a place to emerge. It showed, says the morale, that man rises over nature, that man is more important than nature, that Hashem changes nature on behalf of man. And so he made from the water dry land in order that man should be able to thrive and flourish. Says the morale, now we have a second Yetzirah, Hashem is literally forming the Jewish nation now. And how does he do it? In the exact same way, by showing that we, the Jewish people, are the Malo Minateva. We are above nature. Hashem, the same thing as he did with Adam Arishon, now does with the entire Jewish nation of several million people. He makes out of the water dry land. So let's understand something, my friends, that... Kriyas Yamsov was not only in response to a terrible dilemma that our Jewish people found themselves with Mitzrayim in hot pursuit. Hashem had to save them. He did so by making the water into dry land. You are right, but it's not just a solution to a dilemma. It's not just an opportunity to give the Jewish people the wealth that Hashem said, and afterwards they would go with great wealth that they had at the Yamsuf. But what was the splitting of the sea? The splitting of the sea was a recreation of that which happened at the time of creation, namely on behalf of the Jewish people, Hashem made the water into dry land to once again show that man, meaning Am Yisrael, is Lamala Min HaTeva, that we are above the natural order. Now this is a very 
important yesod that comes out of this that really I found very exciting. The concept that we are called Ivrim, and he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is Elokeo Ivrim, because we passed through the Yamsuf. Now what happened at this passing through the Yamsuf? We, Klal Yisrael, showed ourselves and the rest of the world that we don't live in Olam Hativi, in the natural world. But rather, what emerges from here is that we live in a different plane. Namely, our keeping of Shabbos is so, forgive me, unnatural, that literally the cessation that we have, and people who, Jews who are not yet Shomrei Shabbos, they look from the outside and they say, how do you do it? Those who are Shomrei Shabbos know how special it is because they are connecting with the Malamanateva. We're connecting with something which is not natural. It is supernatural, which is such an incredible idea. Our learning of Torah, again, think about it. Do we want all our sons and daughters to become lawyers? No. But the answer is, by our learning Torah, once again, what are we doing? We are connecting with Lamala Min Hateva, beyond the natural. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as the Zohar says, Yisrael, the Jewish people, and Orisa, and the Torah, we are all intricately connected and bound one to another. So what happened over here at Kriyas Yamsuf? The ability of the Jew to be Moser Nefesh, we pray never should happen again, but his ability to be ready to give his life and his soul based upon where is this coming from? It all started at Kriyas Yamsuf, that we were shown to be the Mala Min HaTeva, that Hashem changed the natural order at Kriyas Yamsuf to give us that very strong realization. And once we're speaking about Teva, it's very worthwhile to make mention that this coming Sunday night and Monday is Tu Bishvat. So if I ask you, what's the significance of Tu Bishvat? So you should know. If you are a farmer living in Eretz Yisrael, then you need to go, know this forthcoming year. Is it the Maaser of Maser Sheni? Is it the Maaser of Maser Oni? If there's Orla, what year are you in the Orla count? These are all technical, practical things that someone living in Eretz Yisrael would need to know. But what's it for especially us who are still not yet in Eretz Yisrael. What's the significance of Tu Bishvat? So Rashi tells us that on Tu Bishvat, the sraf, the sap that's in the tree, begins to rise. Now think about it. We don't only celebrate when the fruit comes to fruition 
and we bring it, when we had a Beis HaMikdash, and please God in the future, as Bikurim to the Beis HaMikdash in Eretz Yisrael, but we note and celebrate the very beginning of the process, the Hishachos, the renewal of nature, realizing that is He is the one who maintains nature. HaMachadish that he is literally the one that renews creation every single day. And therefore, we mark by eating fruits of Eretz Yisrael especially, and eating these fruits on the Shabbos, or certainly on this coming Monday, on to Bishvat, links us to the realization of HaKadosh Baruch Hu renewing nature for everybody, but we can almost like wink and say thank you Hashem, because we know of that personal relationship with Klai Yisrael. I just want to close with a Mishnabura found in Simon Nun Aleph, talking about Pesukah Zimra, we conclude Pesukah Zimra every day with Shiraz Hayam. It's not just a historical recounting. Rather, we are to pause at Halavai Davin just a little bit slower and realize, wow, I just crossed the Amsov. That's right. And if one says Shiraz Hayam, sings it, Simcha in happiness and joy, says the Mishnah Brura, Mochlin Avonosav. It is a skula for a person's sins to be forgiven. I think the Chafetz Chaim is somebody we can rely upon, and uh, I just wanted to share that with you as we were talking about the very special Kriyas Yamsov and the Shira. I take this opportunity to wish everybody a very special Shabbos Shira that the Shabbos as well, sings with us as we observe the Shabbos. Shabbos protects us. It's a two-way street. Shabbat Shalom to all.